the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back as we head into Hour 2 this Monday, April 4th. We do so as we do every Monday with the uh, great uh, Brandon J. Weikert. He is the publisher of the Weikert Report, theweikertreport.com, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. And it looks like, if I'm not mistaken, his next book, the cover art, is out, and uh, it's up in Adam, The Shadow War. Congratulations on that, Brandon. Well, thank you. I, I, what do you think of that, that, that uh, cover, if you're looking at it? you like it? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Do you yeah, like it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, at first I didn't know, but then my wife and my family and, and the publisher, they were like, are you nuts? This is great. Yeah. And I, I like it a lot. It's the colors of the Iranian flag. So I thought it was very, very creative. I really like it. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, I don't know. Is is the book available for pre-order? Probably not just not yet, yet. Like us. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. Not yet. We're still, we're still doing last-minute edits Good. of the, the galleys, and hopefully in the next few weeks we'll have that done and then soon pre-order. Well, just in time. I mean, just in time as as things yeah. are heating up there. I want to get to unfortunately, some of that. yeah, unfortunately is right. Let me let I mean, me work my for way me, there. I guess. But uh. yeah, right, right. You're in Florida. And I am, I, and I've seen this new New York outreach to Florida. This pop art. Come to the city, New York says to people in Florida. I guess they're buying billboards there. Come to the city yeah. where you can say whatever you want. Although the only thing this pop art has on the poster is about a hundred versions of the word "gay," that's the, evidently the only yeah. thing they want you to say. Um, yeah. Brandon, are you going to see a mass exodus from Florida up to New York with your gay? Well, population? as I I just noted earlier this evening on Twitter when I saw this post by Dave Reboy, I uh, I, I retweeted. I said, uh, "What the New York uh, Democrats don't understand is that most of the people seeing." This poster just recently moved down here from New York yeah. and have no desire to go back. Yeah. They've been fleeing. They're fleeing these people in New York. So, you know, they're welcome to we'll, we'll take their money in Florida, uh, these Democrats, and we'll use it. And uh, they can put up their stupid ad. By the way, and, how can uh, they put up an ad with 100 versions of the word gay in a state where you can't say the word gay? How do they right. do this legally? Uh, that's, that's I don't understand sense. this at all. Yeah, yeah, and you know this law has been so poorly, you know, grossly oh, misrepresented. I know. Oh, I know. Just like how now Ketanji Brown is going to be supposedly the first African American Supreme Court. You had justice. a great tweet on that, yeah. by the way. Let, let me tell the audience. Let me let me set it up for the audience if I if you'll let me real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Politico. <laughs> Which you'd think would know a few things. Maybe they don't. <laughs> they had a headline at Politico that says uh, Ketenji uh, 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 Brown Jackson will be the first African-American nominated to the Supreme Court. And uh, you had a great response. <laughs> Go ahead and tell the audience what you tweeted. Well, I said that, you know, clearly they've forgotten uh, Clarence Thomas, which, of course, because he's a Republican, so that that's OK in their book. And then, like good revolutionary Marxists, they've also forgotten Thurgood, uh, Thurgood Marshall. Uh, and that's okay, because like good Marxists, they are forgetting the past, as, as they always do. 
uh, and so now they can forget the past and whitewash the past, and, and now they get to have their headline, which, of course, is blatantly false, but unfortunately, a lot of people are going to fall for this because a lot of people don't know any better because the left has controlled our education system for like three generations, mm-hmm. and, you know, it shows. They it also really just shows. don't know. They just have no sense of history. Right. No they have been, for. these young right. 20 and 30-somethings, no disrespect, Brandon, but really, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, you're a standout. I mean, we, we have well, some standouts in the millennial crowd here. They're, they're tremendous. They're better uh, by at least two standard deviations than than their older peers. But well, but, but but the average, I got to tell you, you know, they probably bought so much of the hype from Biden you know, that yeah. this is such a historic thing that they just assumed it was the first black Supreme well, Court Seth, nomination. Seth, I've got a friend who's a big, big, big hedge funder down in Texas. And, uh, you know, he he was all in for Biden. And I, you know, he and I, I told him, I said, you know, I just think you're way off on this. Yeah. And he's finally waking up to just be let down. And I said, this is Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not letting you down. This is who Joe Biden's always been, whether he's got dementia or not. Joe Biden has always been the butt of all jokes. I mean, remember what his own president, Barack Obama, said in 2011, never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. I mean, this is this is Joe Biden. So what we're getting is what we've always, those of us who've paid attention, and like you said, I'm a millennial, so I, how would I know? But I've paid attention. Going back decades, Biden has always been considered on the extreme left wing of the party, as well as a complete doddering, bumbling fool. And here we are in 2022, and he's our president. And everybody in my generation, at least, is walking around acting like, wow, we can't believe how bad he is. It's like he's very, very open. His record is very clear. He's been wrong on just about everything he's ever taken a stance on. You know, so including from week from a week before he uh, took a stance on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to some of this. Uh, the word war crime is back. War criminal is back. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to disagree with it based on what I've seen. But you straighten me out. Oh no, no, I completely agree. But the problem is, and, and I'm actually writing an article on this right now. The problem is that has legal. And and military yes, that's, ramifications. That's my point. Uh, and and you know the issue is, of course, he's a war criminal, Vladimir Putin. If it wasn't clear before, you know, Mister Former KGB, if it wasn't clear before that he was a brutal murderer, it should be eminently clear now. And despite what some of our friends on the right think, uh, inexplicably, the Bucha massacre was not a false flag. This was Russian troops being Russian troops. This is what they do. Every conflict. This is nothing new. The abnormal thing would have been if they actually did treat everybody well and, uh, you know, actually do the things that Putin said they were going to do, like liberate people, supposedly. And of course, they did it. So when Biden comes out and says, oh, he's a war criminal, and then the media asked him last week, well, is that an official label? Yes, and that has legal, that has legal ramifications. Well, it does. And unfortunately, you know, we may want to treat Vladimir Putin, like he's Slobodan Milosevic or Saddam Hussein or Muammar Gaddafi, but ultimately he's got the world's largest nuclear weapons arsenal under his belt. And he is itching, I think, to use it to make a point. And so, you know, Joe Biden can go out and be gas master flex all he wants, but now it's carrying real consequences. And I really do think that was a gas. I think that he was worked up emotionally after meeting the refugees, understandably, in Poland, 
from Ukraine, and I think he came out and blurted that out, Biden did, without realizing that the ramifications were there, and then his administration had to come out, his apparatchiks had to come out and try to walk it back, and then Biden being Biden the next day was like, oh, no, no, I meant what I said. Well, guess what? Now that's become official U.S. policies. We are labeling Putin a war criminal, which means that we are technically obligated on some level to seek regime change in Russia, which is completely insane because, again, they're the largest nuclear weapons state in the world. So what are we going to do? Go to nuclear war in order to throw Putin in front of the International Criminal Court, of, of which we're not even a part of? We're not even part of the ICC. So I don't know what Biden is doing, but this is classic Biden where he sort of puts his foot in his mouth and he's too egotistical and too arrogant to say, I, I didn't really mean that. I was caught up in the moment. I'm a human being. Instead, he doubled down, and now America is committed. We're basically set at war now with Russia. I know that we haven't declared it, but I want to make it clear to your audience that when you say another world leader is a war criminal and you get all of the other major powers in the world outside of China and the other autocrats to say, yes, we agree with you, that technically carries very real-world implications. And I don't think anybody in the administration is thinking this through. Brandon, this has been my problem from the beginning and throughout the virtue signaling over this, which is... That's what this is, virtue signaling. Yeah, well, this has been my problem, is he has lifted the rhetoric on... on, He has put the rhetoric on this so high that the expectations, I think, are so high, and the question, what are you prepared to do about it, never gets answered except in the forms of denials from the gaffes he lets slip because he now realizes he's not just the chairman of Senate Foreign Relations anymore. Yes. What he says actually matters a little bit yes. more and can march us in or others into war yes. or reprisals. And Go ahead. And, Seth, i got to tell you, um, these people running the Biden administration, you know, we're told Jake Sullivan, for instance, is just the best of us. He's just He's the creme de la creme. There's no, he's boy genius, the boy wonder, Doogie Hauser. And I'm just sitting there listening to his press conference today, and I'm thinking, this guy is in over his head. He sounds like, he sounds like one of my students. He sounds like a child. He sounds like he's on the, still on the Yale debate team, living in his cloistered academic bubble, not having to contend with the fact that this oh. is not you know, a debating Hold the thought, Brandon. Brandon, hold the thought. i got to take the commercial. It came creeping up on us. We'll pick up on it when we come right back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest, author, columnist, Asia Times, uh, American Greatness, elsewhere. Uh, Brandon, we were just in, in, as we were heading to the break, you were talking about uh, the cost, really, of Biden raising the rhetoric so high that people, you know, rightfully may expect certain kinds of action, whether they're allies, whether they're enemies, whether they're just Americans here who are, you know, all on board with, uh, you know, with their criticisms of Russia. But the rhetoric, the level that uh, Biden has taken it to, it seems to me is a level that we will not be able to meet, match. I mean, I think people have to lower their expectations, strap on the seatbelt and be prepared for some outcomes that we are not getting conditioned for, Brandon. Right. And furthermore, it's not just our allies that are listening. It's also our enemies. And 
for the last eight weeks, Vladimir Putin and his family have been living in nuclear bunkers. Uh, from what I understand, he's not really communicating directly with other human beings. Uh, he's been isolated, and before that, he was isolated for a long time because of the COVID issue. And so, you know, the concern now I'm looking at is this guy is already somewhat compromised. He's already isolated. He's already been in a war kind of mentality for months. He's listening to the leader of the free world, supposedly, Joe Biden, saying, you know, basically, I'm, you know, he said, Putin must go in the last week. Joe Biden has said Putin must go. He has said that uh, we will use chemical weapons if chemical weapons are deployed by the Russians against the Ukrainians. Uh, he has said that, uh, you know, Putin is a war criminal, and I'm saying that, yes, with all the legal implications. He said the 82nd you know, Airborne to the 82nd, 82nd Airborne, Airborne is right, going into right. Ukraine. So, yeah. so he's priming, whether he means to or not, global audiences for a direct war with nuclear-armed Russia. Yeah. And Putin is listening, yeah. and he's probably thinking, if this guy thinks he's going to get the jump on me, I got the world's largest tactical nuclear weapons arsenal, and I and I'm not afraid to use it. I'm not Khrushchev. I'm not. Uh, I'm not Brezhnev. I'm certainly not Gorbachev. I'm not going to just be cowed because the Americans beat their chest at me. In fact, if the Americans really want to go toe to toe with me. I'll not only go toe to toe with them, but I'll jump them when they're least expecting. And so, uh, you know, with this pullback, for instance, from Kiev, my concern in the context of the recent bizarre, insane, frankly, comments from Biden, maybe Putin's moving his forces back from Kiev, not because he's losing, I mean, he is, uh, that part of the country, but maybe because he's planning to slam Kiev with some WMD strike and he doesn't want his troops to get caught in that WMD attack. Yeah. I mean, we're not thinking because we have escalated things so much. Putin already backed himself into a corner, right? right. He backed himself into a corner when he decided to, to gamble and do this ridiculous invasion to begin with. And then you now have his counterparty, Biden, uh, who's basically backing him even more into a corner. When you back a wounded animal, an old wounded animal, into a corner, that's when they get nasty yep. and most unpredictable. Yep. And this is not a good position because we can't afford a world war right now. You um you tweeted something I wanted to ask you about I think just before we got I tweet on I tweeted a lot of things you did, I know <laughs> and, and, and most but this one I hadn't seen and it's particularly um, odious if not stomach churning um, it's a picture of a young girl she's yeah. still in diapers so I don't know yeah. is she two years old maybe I don't know and um, it's Ukrainian mothers are putting um, with uh, permanent marker their family contacts on the backs of their children in case the parents are killed and the child survives. Uh, one well, of the most gruesome the things dies, I could have ever made, yeah. mentioned, um, thought of. And you write, um, leaving their fate in Beijing's hands is stupid. Talk to me about that point. Well, I was talking about Russia because basically Russia has now, with this invasion, regardless of what Biden does or does not do, regardless of whether Germany ends up doing more business with Russia in the future, regardless of whether Russia's economy can rebound, and it seems like it kind of is, or if the Russians suddenly come on board and rally around the flag around Putin, which they seem to be doing, however long that lasts, regardless of any of those facts, the fact of the matter is Russia is now officially a pariah state in mm -hmm. the eyes of much of the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, the Russians usually traditionally don't really care about these right? Things. But in the global economy... That makes it very difficult for Russia to do business as Russia. 
they now are in a position where they're going to continue to flout and defy the West because that's just what they're going to do. This is the Russian nature. They're not going to back down. So the hope that the sanctions and the pariah status is going to make them come to us, it's never going to happen. They'll, they'll burn in a radioactive hellfire before they ever come hat in hand to us. Um, what's going to happen now is Beijing is going to basically be given a great opportunity to effectively absorb Russia. Because the only way Russia will be able to operate in the world economy is as a vassal state of China, with China being the second largest economy in the world, soon to be the largest if trends persist by the middle of this, century, of this decade, which means that China will act as an umbrella for the pariah state of Russia, much the same way China acts as an umbrella for North Korea, another pariah nuclear state. Or the way Syria so, acts for Iran, maybe. Yes, like yes. And, yeah. and what I'm getting at here is that picture of that poor girl in Ukraine is another symbol of how Russia will never be forgiven. Their actions in Ukraine and around the world will never be forgotten. They will forever now, for the rest of my life probably, be a pariah state. And what that means now is Putin, he's in his 60s, going into, he's in his 70s now. He doesn't have much longer left to live anyway you look at it. Putin is now ensuring that Russia is not made great again, but Russia is effectively a colony now of China, because the only way Russia gets to do business and operate on the world stage now is if they're an appendage of China. Yeah. And that's what that picture symbolizes, in my mind. I got gotcha. you. the morality I gotcha. of what's going on. I want to turn a little to China and Iran, but before I do, there has been a noticeable to me, I'm guessing based on what you're tweeting, noticeable to you too, series of Americans who are wanting to raise claims of doubt over what we're seeing, uh, what they sometimes call false yeah. flag. What what motivates that, and, and, and how seriously should we take that? Well, I was just on with Steve Bannon, and who couldn't have been nicer to me, even though he disagreed with every word I wrote in American Greatness. Okay. So basically, I wrote, I wrote an article entitled, Vladimir Putin is not a defender of Western civilization. There is a belief, and it stemmed from Pat Buchanan, and now it's sort of propagated all the way through to people like Steve Bannon, to people like, uh, uh, you, you name it. Tucker yeah, I know. There's, there's, there's a growing sense. I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing yes. it, yeah. And, and it's not because they're Russian agents, these people. It's not what this is about. What this is about is they are so committed to fighting the democratic globalist cabal yeah. or elite yeah. that they figure, well, if, if, if the democratic globalist cabal supports Ukraine, then I have to not only oppose Ukraine, yeah. but I have to find a common ally in their enemy, Vladimir Putin. But Vladimir Putin is not a fellow traveler of the American right or of nationalism, as we understand it, as Donald Trump articulated it, which was basically a love of country and the belief in national sovereignty, the protection of national borders, the respect of individual na national rights, the Westphalian nation-state system that's existed and dominated the world since 1649. That's not what Putin and his believe. Let me hit this break real quick yeah. and come back because it's a little redolent of the original America First Committee, the Joe Kennedy Committee, the Henry yeah. Ford, and how they were kind of putting in a few good words for Adolf Hitler here and there, seemingly right. on the same pretenses. I don't know if the analogy is perfectly right or not. It's, it's good, though. It's good. Okay. <laughs> All right, Professor Weicker. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest, uh, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. His most recent book, a new one coming out a little bit later this year, Shadow War. 
Uh, Brandon, I was just saying, you know, some of uh, some of our friends here um, and some of others are, are are raising interesting claims about false flag operations, and it doesn't seem to pass the scrutiny test uh, at all. In fact, you you actually right. were very good on Twitter showing how what people are saying is a you know a fake dead person was not a fake dead person. It wasn't um, at all. Yeah, right. right. So right. It, it just reminded me a little bit, a little bit. All analogies are imperfect, but I was thinking back in the uh, in the late 30s, even into the early, very earliest of 40s, the America First Committee, the Joe Kennedy, uh, Charles Lindbergh group, right? I mean, right. The, the, uh, until, Germ- until Operation Barbarossa, that committee was pretty intact with all kinds of communists and, yeah. and different people. Yeah. And then and then that kind of fell apart at that yeah. point. It, there's a little bit of that going on here, isn't there? Just a little bit. Yes, but, uh, you know, I, I, I want to make it clear. I don't think that these people, and like I said, I was on with Bannon last week, and he couldn't have been, you know, more amenable to letting me on. He basically let me on, and didn't, he didn't argue with me, even though he told me at the beginning he disagreed everything I said. He let me talk, do a monologue for five minutes, and it was a very pleasant exchange. And so I'm not going to sit here and say I think what I think is going on is what I was saying before the break is that these guys on the right, are so fed up with the democratic globalist elite that they just assume because Ukraine is being supported by that elite ostensibly that that means that they have to they on the right have to be anti-Ukraine and therefore pro-Putin. Right. And I, it's a very dangerous supposition they're making. I, they're also falling prey. You know, Vladimir Putin is a creature of the old Soviet Union of the their their, their provocatia of their their active measures. He's a student. He used to teach other KGB officers these these techniques. So he's very skilled in in lying and manipulating the West, uh, our naivete and our relative ignorance about Russian intentions and capabilities. Uh, and so before they would do it to the left, you know, they do it to Joe Biden. Remember, Joe Biden was as a senator supporting the nuclear freeze movement yeah. during the Reagan years, yeah. and of course, the nuclear freeze movement was penetrated by the KGB. It right. was an active component of the KGB's attempt to get America and the West to unilaterally disarm in the Cold War. So now the, the, the target has flipped. It's no longer the American left. It's now the American right that Putin is targeting. And he's saying, look, I'm a Christian like you. I'm trying to go after transgendered, you know, uh, you know, these, 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 uh, you know, LGBTQ, yeah. uh, excessive, you know, policies. I'm going after them. I don't like George Soros. You don't like George Soros. Why would you be an enemy of mine? You should be my friend and work within your country to try to keep the, the, the neoliberal and neoconservative elite from, from harming this, this traditionalist utopia that I've built. Yeah. But in reality, beneath that Christianity, that veneer, thin veneer of, of Eastern Orthodox Christianity, in fact, is traditional, classic Russian autocracy, uh, the Silnaya Ruka, is the, ro- the rule of the Iron Fist. And all of that, none of that, rather, is at all in comportment with the traditional values of the West, liberalism with the lowercase l, philosophical liberalism. None of that is in comportment with the things that you and I and so many on the right, including Donald Trump, 
including Steve Bannon and all the others, believe in, which is private property rights, yeah. respect of the individual. Right. Uh, none of that. Territorial integrity. How about that one? Borders. Sovereignty. Yeah. Protecting the border. Yeah. None of that. You know, anti-imperialism. Right. None of those things are, are actually the things that Putin cherishes. And he's doing just the opposite. He's actually crushing an independent country next door uh, in order to create an imperial buffer zone. Uh, this is this is not what we conservatives, this is not what Trump, this is not the things that ordinarily I believe Bannon or Tucker Carlson would believe in. But for whatever reason, and I, I, I stated the reason why I think, they, they are falling victim to this because they're so gung-ho about taking on the left. And I get it, I am too, but I also am a student of Russia and I understand what Putin is and what he represents. And, you know, as a, as a Twitter follower of mine said, and they said it there in Poland, uh, they said to me, they said, look, um, one never truly leaves the KGB. Yeah. And so yeah. Mr. Putin was a colonel in the KGB. He's surrounded by Siloviki, who are all former KGB, supposedly former. Uh, you know, he's got Bortnikov, he's got Patrushev, he's got Narishka. and all of these are senior ex-KGB people yeah. from the 80s. Yeah. So and it's interesting they're, not, they're KGB friends. and not military, by the way. That may explain a few things, too. Feel free to pick up on that when we come back, Brandon. I want to ask you... Latest development out of Vienna, uh, Asian's free, pren- uh, free, free uh, French press reports Iran says it will return to Vienna only to finalize nuclear deal, not to negotiate. Are they in charge now, Brandon? Can we talk about that when we come back? We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. Brandon, I um, got an email during the break from a listener who asked me to ask you, is what you're saying is that when Putin is saying what he thinks we want to hear, we need to understand that he intends for us to be useful idiots as the left exactly. had been for the Soviets over the last century. Is that is that a exactly, fair statement? Exactly. That is 100 percent correct. Anything to slow down, stunt and stymie a resolved American action that might affect negatively the Russian uh, strategic ambition, uh, Putin must try to prevent that. And so this is one form of, of doing that. And he's targeting the right because he thinks the right is more vulnerable uh, than the left on this matter. Um, and we just need to, to say, no, we're not going to be useful idiots because that's the left's job. That's not our job. And again, I want to make you know, we need people like Tucker. We need Bannon. We need the fighters. We need these guys and gals, uh, you know, on the right. We just need them to understand that they are really falling into a very dangerous trap. Um, and it's and, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, in that movie Inception, they talked about this. When you a new idea is implanted in one's mind, it's it's like a virus. It never it never it takes hold and never never lets go. It, it propagates. And so we have to try to fight that, you know, that 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 idea virus that's taken hold of some of the most important people on the new right. And we have to try to tell them that, you know, this is not the truth. And just because, you know, Putin says he's on our side and, oh, he's a Christian and, oh, he hates Soros and, oh, he wants to go after the, the neoliberal left and, and, uh, and the neoliberal left and Soros are ostensibly supporting Ukraine. Um, set all that aside and just look at the basic fact that, you know, Whatever issues we have with Soros, and we have a lot, or with the neoliberal elite, the neoconservatives, they're not the ones who went in and, you know, are slaughtering the Ukrainians en masse. This is happening because the Russians have had designs on Ukraine for years. 
It's true the Americans played a role in provoking over the last 14 years Putin, but ultimately none of the provocations, none of the grievances Putin has experienced or had about the West toward him and and about Ukraine justify the absolute horrors he is perpetrating uh, in Ukraine. There is no justification for it. He is the villain here, and we need to stand together as the West. We need to stand together as... Yes, there are liberals, there are lefties that we can't stand, and they're a problem, and we'll deal with them. But ultimately, there's another part of the West, the majority, people like you and I, the silent majority, who stand for liberalism with a lowercase l, philosophical liberalism, who believe in property rights, who believe in individual liberty and the the individual right to life and all of that. That is embodied in the West as well, and that is also under attack. We on the right are as much under attack by Putin as supposedly the leftist, you know, crazy ideas are under attack as well. And we've got to stand up and say, Mr. Putin, what you've done is wrong, it's evil, and we may not be going to world war, but we sure as heck are not going to let you just pounce on Ukraine. Because once they take Ukraine, they're going to go after Moldova, Transnistria. They're going to go after Romania. They're going to try to crush Poland because ultimately this is Putin's revenge tour before he dies. And Poland is where the breakup of the Soviet Union began. And Poland is, is hated by Putin because of that, because Putin has always said the Soviet Union collapse was the greatest geopolitical disaster of the 20th century. And his last 30 years, the raison d'etre of his career, has been about restoring Russian power in Europe and also getting revenge on those he believes caused Russia's or the Soviet Union's breakup. And the biggest culprit in Europe was Poland. So this thing's not going to stop. It's going to keep going until he crushes Poland and he'll risk nuclear world war with NATO to do that. It just seems to me one can be um, one can be anti-Putin uh, or one can be uh, opposed to Russia's behavior without falling into the trap saying that we have to go all in uh, and join and join the fight. We can do. I yeah. mean, we can do these things yeah. in a lot of different ways. You have been and there. There's a conservative argument. Yeah. There's a conservative yeah. argument not only for standing up to Putin, but doing it in a in a judicious and restraint filled way. And you know, there's a conservative case Ron, here. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, <laughs> Ronald for Reagan had no problem calling the Soviet That's Union right. evil. We never went to war with them. And yet he still was able to get along with right. Gorbachev. And right. He was still able to. Pay. And by the way, Gorbachev did not start out as Mr. Duck. That's correct. Gorbachev before before perestroika, I believe it was Erskine or or Ursokine, which was acceleration or That's provocation. Right. That's right. Uh, before in 1983, it was after 1983 when suddenly perestroika and Glasnost took hold. But, but right. Gorbachev was very much a hardliner. He was Andropov's right hand man at no. the KGB, so he was very much a hardliner until about 1983. Talk to me, if I can, uh, with you uh, a little bit about what I was saying as we go into the break, if we can shift gears just a little m- m- a little bit. Iran says it will return to Vienna only to finalize a nuclear deal, not to negotiate. Again, again, who's pushing who around here? Who's, who's in charge? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. You, you take it. Well, it's Hitler and Chamberlain all over. This is Munich, 1939. Hitler was not going to do anything other than accept the list of concessions and give some flaky promises about not going on any further into the rest of Europe. But, of course, they were all lies because once Chamberlain gave up, uh, you know, the, the store, Hitler realized he could keep pushing and probably get more. It's the same thing with Iran. They realize, they realize that Biden is this pathetic, 
mushy, mealy-mouthed old man who's probably senile, who wants out of the Middle East, who doesn't particularly like his allies like Saudi Arabia and Israel in the Middle East. And so they can run roughshod. And the fact that Biden, as he's taking on Russia, threatening nuclear war, calling Putin's regime war criminals, he's trusting Russia, the same regime, to keep Iran rational and reasonable in these negotiations, shows you how blinkered the Biden administration is. The Iranians don't have to negotiate. They've already won. Yeah. They've already gotten what they wanted. It's just a fait accompli now. It's a matter of time. It almost seems like there might be a perverse Kissinger-esque effort here of triangulation that will give there Russia is. what they want on the Iran deal. So we'll negotiate with Iran, sell the store to Iran, sell our souls for Iran, and that will be the bargaining chip with Russia on Ukraine. It's it almost not. seems like there might be a perversion in that thought. They're laughing at us in Moscow. Yeah, They're encouraging more insanity from Iran because it distracts us and it makes us look really bad, and it offers our very important allies in Saudi Arabia and Israel. It sends a message that we're not going to have their back, and so they start looking to who against Iran? Yep. They start looking to Russia. Yep. And now Russia becomes the dominant power in the Middle East. Yeah, you can slow walk into a massive war, and you can fast walk, and I'm not sure which way we're going, Brandon. I can't tell if it's slow or fast. Can you stay one more seg- one more brief either. segment absolutely, with me? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, we'll put a bow on all of it. As we go to break, let me put in a word. For our sponsors, Balance of Nature, the fruits and veggies I take every single day. Pure, potent plant power. Before I started taking Balance of Nature about three years ago, I'd get sick whenever the seasons changed. I just don't anymore. I just don't. It's kept me well for three years. No fillers, no extracts, no additives. Whole food nutrition made from fresh, whole produce. They use an advanced cold vacuum process where the vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and vegetables are preserved so you get that nutrition in each capsule. Just take it once a day. Balanceofnature.com. It won't take weeks for you to notice it either, folks. It'll take days, days, because you're putting a lot of fruit and vegetables into your body. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. Discount code BALANCE. We'll be right back with a final thought from Brandon Weicker. want to thank Brandon J. Weikert for spending his hour with us as he does every Monday evening. Brandon, uh, you are the expert on space. There's these stories. Russia's threatening to leave the International Space Station. What are we to make of all this? Uh, well, it's the end of a, an incredible era of space cooperation between the two largest nuclear weapons states, the United States and Russia. Uh, it's also a very, very dangerous shift because Russia is the second most powerful space nation in the world. China is the rising third power. And we now know that as Russia abandons the International Space Station and cuts off ties with NASA, that ultimately the Russian space agency of Roscosmos will partner directly, fully with China and give the Chinese the ultimate control over the strategic high ground of space that they need. And that, my friend, that is a horror story. Uh, and nobody's talking about it because everybody's gloating that, ha, 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 we, we kicked Roscosmos out of space. We did not. What we did is we're forcing Roscosmos to marry up to China. And this is a very, very scary prospect. Brandon, uh, these are the wages of poor leadership. I mean, you know, right? I mean, we it's 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 right. easy to it's easy in in decent times when the world is uh, when the world is at peace, or at least when it's not at hot war. It's easy to uh, play games with this stuff. 
But the truth right. is you can put in a uh, weak leadership and cause these kinds of wars. And that's, that's I think, right. what we've done. And sea change and sea changes in geopolitical power because the Sino-Russian, uh, the Chinese-Russian marriage is happening first in space. And once it works in space, once that cooperative framework is established, it'll translate down to Earth and you'll now have an anti-American autocratic access ruling Eurasia, the most important landmass on Earth. Yeah. And that is scary. It is all. It is all. Brandon, thank you for your uh, insights. Thank, thank you, you for your time. Thank you for your work. There's no substitute thank for brains. We love you. You betcha. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Uh, as I head to break, let me put in a word for one other of our sponsors, the Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it remains today still common sense investment. That's both simple and straightforward. You don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold. What you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want. And that's why I like the Midas Gold Group. I have silver and gold from the Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned. They're proud supporters of America First, this show right here on 960 The Patriot, as they fight for your right to the financial freedom and privacy that gold offers. Check them out in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix. Or online, MidasGoldGroup.com. I know these guys. They are great guys. They have your back. Politically, you're going to love them. If you talk to them, tell them I sent you. The Midas Gold Group, MidasGoldGroup.com. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.